can you think of the goodness of God? How good he's been. When you were in trouble, <laughs> there he was. I, I, I can tell. We have to think about it. You know, there's a devil out there. People think that God does everything and he does, he does nothing bad. There is nothing in God that he can make bad. He doesn't do the storms. He doesn't do the bad things. It's the enemy, the devil, who is still out there. Sometimes people don't know that. That's why I say that all the time. Because you've got to realize that. Because people are thought, taught that, that God causes storms, he causes wars. He does not. He doesn't give you cancer. Okay, if you're your little children, would you give them cancer? I did read about a mother who was actually injecting her child that was way, way, way back. I mean, the, but she was, there was something mentally wrong with her. Injecting him so she could, she could actually um, uh, get the, the money for, for chemo and that kind of thing from government money. But see, there's something mentally wrong with a person like that. But you see, if, if a, a father and a mother wouldn't do that, even, even uh, ones that aren't that loving, would God do that? God, you know, his, his, a name for God is love. And I don't know why I'm saying this, because I hadn't planned on saying this. But it says at the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, you can say at the beginning was love, and, the, and love was with God, and love was God. And this is agape love. It's not conditional love. If you do this, then I'll love you. <laughs> See, you, you shouldn't even treat your, if, if, if your children, if your child does something wrong, and then you, you turn around and you, you say, I'm not going to touch you, I'm not going to love you. You know what, you're, you're telling, you're showing them that God is a conditional God and he's not going to love you if you do something wrong. Now, I was told as a child that, but, but my mom, I love my mom. And I mean, she's, she's up in heaven a long time ago, when I was 30, I mean, 50 years ago. <laughs> but um, but uh, she just didn't know any better. But she always said, God's going to get mad at you if you don't, don't obey me. God's going to get mad at you. You know, they just learned that. She was from, her parents were from Germany. And yeah, and they just, you know, they were like that. But they were good parents otherwise. But except for that, God's going to get mad at you. God's going to get mad at you. <laughs> you know, that stuck with me. <laughs> you know, and so you have guilt, you know. But he, he's, okay, you have to repent to God, though. If you do something wrong, once, especially after you get born again and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I'm saying all this for a reason. <laughs> Amen. So, but he's so, so good. I think back on the times when I was a, oh, yeah, <laughs> wow. It just, his goodness does run after you. Do you ever notice Psalm 23 at the end of it? And it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And you will, it'll follow you. Hey, look back there. <laughs> when we were singing that, I was looking back and she, she was singing a real loud behind me, the little girl. <laughs> and I see the little boys imitating me. 
He's cool. <laughs> yes. That's why it's good to bring your <laughs> Hallelujah. You can be seated and we'll receive the tithes and offerings right now. Okay, so um, good evening, everybody. Thank you for coming. Uh, okay, Isaiah 60, and I, I'll make this brief, but, you know, right now the world is pretty dark. <laughs> it's dark out there, but we've got a hope for God, right? Uh, but Isaiah 60 in the King James, it says, Arise, shine, for thy light has come. Whose light? No, your light. <laughs> For your light, okay, in the Amplified, it actually says, arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Yeah, maybe we should put up the, uh, the Amplified. <laughs> arise, uh, in other words, don't, don't stay there. <laughs> arise from the depression. Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine radiant with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I'll tell you what, you receive Jesus in your heart. The glory of the Lord is inside of you. It can lay dormant, but you've got to stir it up. You have to stir it up. <laughs> and you know what? But it has risen upon us. This is the, it's, okay, the next verse says, Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. I'm reading both, trying to look at both of them. And one of them says, gross darkness. It's gross. And the other one says, dense, thick, thick darkness has come like I've never seen it right now. And yet we can be happy. <laughs> but the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen upon us. Okay, you know what? We need some people out in the world, walking in the world, walking into Walmart, walking into Baker's, walking into Hy-Vee, <laughs> you know, <laughs> And that have light on them. Did you ever go? Did you ever go into a store and then sometimes people will look at you and smile? And you know what? They're seeing some kind of light on you, and you don't even realize it. It is the light of God. You're you are light bearers, and it says that in the book of Ephesians. It says you are light bearers, and you you know what? This is, okay. The reason I'm even saying this. No matter what the gas prices get, don't pay any attention to them. Honestly, don't go there and look at, you know, and the more you talk about it, the more it's, it gets in you, see? And the more the enemy hears it, there's familiar spirits listening. D don't, uh, you know, you can prosper no matter what. As the world gets darker, the church the real church of born-again people is going to get brighter. Now, remember, I always think about this, and I used to say this way back 30 years ago, that, that 
the Israelites were always protected in the land of Goshen. When all those plagues were coming, they were protected. It was like a line here, it was dark, pitch black, and here it was light. And we can live in the land of Goshen no matter what's going on because we have a better covenant. They, I mean, the Israelites had a covenant with God, but we have a better one sealed by the blood of Jesus. Do you realize? And we will not and don't have to go under with the world. And we don't have to listen to the voices of the media that says we have to. I would, I would dream of even listening to anything that is not, um, yeah, don't, don't listen to the media. Don't listen to those. They, right now they're lying to you anyway. See, what are you listening to? Are you listening to the, Christ, the, the cries of the world system or faith-producing voice of the word of the Holy Spirit? I know you are, but it's just, you know, it makes such a huge difference because whatever you're listening to, it has a bearing on your circumstances and on your life. Uh, Proverbs 8.34, you don't have to put it up there. It says, but blessed is the man who listens to me, saith God. Well, how do you listen to him? You, his word, the word of God, the Bible, the word of God. So the spirit of God is speaking. And it, there, it, you know, tune out the voices of doom and gloom and use your own voice. Get in agreement with what the Spirit is saying. Because you know what? The, um, let's see, I was going to say that the enemy is the, um, it's in Ephesians, wait. <laughs> He's the prince of the power of the air. Yeah, okay. The devil is the prince of the power of the air, the airwaves going through. And we have got to have a louder voice. See, but if you never speak, you never speak the word, and they're speaking all this garbage out there, and it's going in the atmosphere. Do you know, <clears throat> it says that when um, the world was created, that they could pick up, or like from way back, rocks, or that, that uh, and they could actually, uh, well, no, wait a minute, it was actually, they could take those, those and get what they were saying from them. I don't know how to say it right. Halo? Halo, everybody. No. <laughs> Halo, H-A-L-O. When I was a little girl, there used to be halo shampoo. <laughs> Do you see, and that was a commercial. Do you see how songs, though, can stick with you? That was a long time ago. <laughs> and that's why good songs can stick inside your spirit, too. Okay, well, did you pass out the envelopes? You did. Oh, okay, so we'll all receive it. <clears throat> Prince of the power of the air. <laughs> the, we're the rulers. <laughs> <clears throat> Hallelujah. 
So, Father God, thank you for every person that's giving, Lord God, and I just thank you that you supply all of their needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, and let the glory be seen on them in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. You know, church, I've never had a birthday like I had in my life, I'll tell you. And so thoughtful of you to of what you did for us and for me. Because when I get thanked, I get thanked, she gets <coughs> But thank you so much. I know in the kitchen work, you did your work in there, and that was a sacrifice. And what was done, I mean, I'll tell you what. Our relatives saw the light in you. They've never seen that before. Not like this. On her side, they were just, well, even my son, you know, Mike and Megan. See, they don't see the, that joy in here, in, like in their lives. They don't see it because Mike is so in, all ingrained about his job right now. He wants out of it so bad. I want to talk to him, but I just pray. I pray in the Spirit. But see, they are so dumbed down, drummed down about what's going on in this world. Like she said, arise, shine, the light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. But the gross darkness is covering this earth. But see, it cannot cover you. It can't cover you. But see, it's up to you as a man or a woman thinketh. That's where it's at. Because if you want to think drubbed down, huh, the devil will oblige you. Let me tell you. He'll, hang, he'll pull your head down to the ground. Yeah, he will. Yeah, that's his job. Comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's exactly what he does. But I just want to thank you because my, my precious wife, a man has a wife. You need to say this, man. I want to say it. A man that has a wife has a good, and he, I don't say thing, though, Jesse. Because <laughs> I'll probably get, have to walk home. <laughs> but a man that has a wife has a good, and he's honored of the Lord. You know, it says in the Bible, actually, and it says Corinthians, we're supposed to treat our wives as Christ treated the church. What did Christ do? He gave his, he gave his life for us. But I just want to thank you so much. I appreciate it so much what you did. Um, whew. It was just uplifting, but again, like I said, you are the light. With my my rel her relatives, with my kids, yeah, yeah, uh, it was it was wonderful. I tell you, yeah. See that they, they talk about it. They're talking about wow, this was something uplifting. You know, to come. See, we need to be the salt. We need to make Christian people salty for us. But are we really? Are we thinking about ourselves too much? No. It's time to reach out to them. It says that right in Proverbs. I told Lonnie, it says right in here, we're supposed to win the loss, and that's what he's been doing to his neighbors. <laughs> they didn't want that house at first. <laughs> and they got in that house, and guess what? Some family wanted help, huh, Sonia? See, sometimes it doesn't look like it's supposed to be from the Lord, but I tell you what, God used the foolish thing to confound the wise. <laughs> this, this house, this, this church is going to be a, a instrumental in this neighborhood. And all and this Fremont in Fremont and the Midlands and Dutch. What you need keep saying, you keep saying, yeah, the Midlands and Dodge County. We're gonna reach out because we have the answers, church. Yeah, so I love you so much. Thank you again, and praise God.
Christine. Anyway, okay. Hello. <laughs> okay, so could you put up there at uh, Jeremiah 29:11? <clears throat> Um, yeah. Either one is fine. There are, sometimes the Old Testament is almost the same with the yeah, Amplified. Okay, so I know the thoughts. This is the Lord speaking. Yeah. And he says, for I know the thoughts, the plans that I have for you, yeah. says the Lord. I know the plans I had for you. Yeah. Um, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare, because now when we think of welfare, we think of yeah. help, no, but, but for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. Let's keep going. Then you will call upon me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear and I will listen to you. I will heed you. I will hearken to you. That's what it means. I'll listen to you. And then you will seek me, inquire for, and require me as a vital necessity. Every time I see that vital necessity, you know what I think of that, you know, you know the yeah, kidney dialysis or whatever, that it's probably vital that they go to, yeah. And, but see, when it comes to God, though, we can skip it, we think. But he says he is a vital necessity. You know what? And I see it. I could see it. He is a vital necessity. And you will find me when you actually search for me with all your heart. See, you say, well, I don't, you know, people come and, and they start, you know, start out being a Christian. I don't understand this. Just keep going. Just keep going. Say the Ephesians prayer. Oh, God, open up the eyes of my understanding. I want to know, flood my heart with light that I might know the hope to which you have been called me by reading the word and, and how glorious, how wonderful is the inheritance. It's better than any getting a million dollar inheritance. It's all in here of the saints and light because he called you a saint. See that? It, do you see what I'm talking about? You have to search. You have to search. You know, what is it? I remember once I, uh, well, I taught in prison all the time. It was men's prison. <laughs> and and uh, I know one of them said, well, you know, she was scattershot. But that's because we jumped from one place to the other. Scattershot, they call, they, they people want one, you know, and you can do that. There's, there's, different kinds of way of preaching and you could take you know Matthew 23 and then just stay there and go through that whole thing like if it's for uh, the way God healed or something to that effect but sometimes you have to and when when you do it what they called was scattershot and they weren't used to that 
going from Jeremiah 29, 11, and actually now I want you to go to Ephesians 2, 10. Amplified for sure. But see, that's, that's what they call scattershot. But, <laughs> but you learn from scattershot. <laughs> and after a while, what's so much fun is, I can remember when I first met Virginia, and I went, man, I wish she could, I, I wish I could get those scriptures like she does. She knows what to say, when to say it and where it is. And, you know, some, maybe not even know where it is, but she could say it. You know, but, you know, you, by study, you get to that place. You get to it. And that's when the word of God gets planted in here. Because it, it stays in here. And, and that's when it works. That's when it is, <laughs> it is a two-edged sword against the devil. You know, okay, now I'm going to explain that. <laughs> okay, okay. so that two-edged sword, what is that? That's a sword with a blade here and a blade here. And it is a sure bet it's going to kill the enemy, a, a real sword like that. And some of them even had hooks on the end. I mean, for sure, you stick that in, you pull it back out, you've had it. <laughs> so it would destroy, whereas you could repair the heart with one edge, you couldn't. Or the, the gut, <laughs> or whatever it was, it, it destroys it. And, uh, but that's what the word of God planted in your heart is a double-edged blade to the devil. One side of the blade is God-mouthed already out of the word, and the other side of the blade is you speaking it from a rhema word because it's planted in here. You know that you know that verse, that you believe it with all your heart. And there's a difference when it's mental ascent, when it's mind but see, it gets into here by saying it over and over and over and over out loud. And it gets planted in here. Then it is just like that. It's a double-bladed sword to the enemy, and he flees. See, that's what point we have to get. That's in the armor of God. Okay, so, but Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's own handiwork. His workmanship. And like I said, you know, handiwork can be like crocheting or sewing. It, it can be like uh, carpentry work or intricate carving or, you know, uh, some kind of handiwork that you do. Handiwork could be doing somebody's hair right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, beautician, uh, any kind of handiwork, knowing how to get good crops in the field. I, you know. But anyway, for we though are God's own, own handiwork. He made us all different. You know, we can joke about that, but it's true. We are His workmanship. We, but then, yeah, okay, He did that, and then He recreated us in Christ Jesus. In other words, we got born again. Why? Oh, so we could go to heaven, man, and we could just live like hell on earth. No. <laughs> That's what 
that's what I see Christians do sometimes. (laughs) I mean, they never read the word. And so they never get to the place where, so we could do the good works which God planned beforehand, which God predestined. He wanted you, hey, I'm going to put them on the earth. And I'm going to put them on the earth for this purpose. But then, you know, the enemy wants to throw you off here, there, and everywhere. (coughs) And it doesn't make any difference how old you are. You need to get to that point. It tried to get there. Okay, he predestined it. He planned it beforehand. And, And that's like I always say, you don't just go, like in high school, they give you those tests and say, oh, you're good at this and you're good at that. You know, well, what are you going to take in college? What are you going to take in college? You know, everybody in our family was a nurse, so I just thought, okay, we got nurses, we got doctors, I guess I'll be a nurse. <laughs> but I really wanted to be a teacher. You know, but the, but the funniest thing was when I graduated, or, oh, I know, I went, I worked well in South, North Dakota, but anyway, when I came here after my husband died, and um, he didn't die. No, <laughs> you know what I mean. Anyway, my first husband. Anyway, I worked, I worked at West Point Hospital. Now, why did I say that? Okay. Yeah, okay. And no, I worked at the Fremont. I worked at West Point, but then I worked at Fremont later, too. Okay. So when I went to Fremont, though, and I took a refresher course, because I hadn't been working for a few years, and, um, and the, the head people there said, uh, we're going to make you supervisor of the floor immediately, almost. They, they went, and they said, we are, and I remember in college, though, they told me I would be good at teaching the nurses. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah, both of those. So see, sometimes that's what you're, you're, you've got that teaching or whatever. Or, but I'm just saying that. That's probably what God wanted. But people don't know that when they're in high school. And it doesn't make any difference to what their test says. They can, you, you <laughs> like Jesse Duplantis, he was like good at business. What is he doing? He's an evangelist. See, you're God's workmanship, and he planned that beforehand. And his plan is the best plan. And he, pre, and he said, he, he predestined, planned beforehand for us to take a path which he prepared ahead of time. And you know what? Did you know that every place, like the Red Sea, that Jesus walked at that Red Sea before the foundations of the world, before the Israelites were led across there. He walked the path he wanted you to be in ahead of time. It always reminds me of that picture of he carried you, you know, and there's no footprints in the sand because he carried you, but you got to ask him what it is. This is going in a totally different direction. He prepared it ahead of time, and he walked that path. But see, some of us didn't even know about getting born again. We just knew religion. And when you, that's, that's, it's so good when you can know it when you're younger, so you can get to that path. Or, you know, you think, well, I'm a girl, and, you know, I like boys, and I like men, you know, I'm going to get married and have kids, and 
But there might have been be something else God wants you to do or later on too. He prepared that path ahead of time. When you start walking in it, but the only way you can walk in it is to get your mind renewed by the word of God. That's the only way you can do it. You've got to get in this word. Even if you don't understand it, you start reading it. Start reading the New Testament first. Read Proverbs every day. There's 31 Proverbs, and some most months have 31 days in it. You could read a proverb a day, but read more than one, just Proverbs. You know, read the New Testament like we gave you that thing <laughs> to read it. Because you will learn things in there that you will be surprised at. Things you thought the Bible said doesn't say. Okay, so you can walk and pretty soon that path, you start searching for the Lord and you will find him. He wants you, it's not that he's hiding, but he's hiding from those that don't want him. But those that want him will find him. And it says, so you would walk in those paths, and he'll start putting you in that path. And don't just give up and say, well, I'm going to be poor all my life. I'm going to just have to have, I'm going to have to just depend on the government. You know what? God made us for abundance. My God, he wants us to be prosperous. Pay no attention. He wants you prosperous. He has a plan for you, and it's never too late to get into that plan. Gosh, when I became a pastor, I was 54. <laughs> so you, do you see? And then you, then you start living a better life. That doesn't mean, I used to think that if you had faith that nothing could come against you. That isn't true. <laughs> the enemy is always trying to come against you. He's probably stopping you. But you have to learn how to counteract that. You have to learn how to counteract that whole thing because it says that, that we should walk in that path uh, in them the place where you could do his good works that he wanted you to do living the good life you start living a better life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live i was looking at yeah um okay see you were his workmanship uh, determined in advance. You know, there, there's a lot of out there, like you were talking, John, John and I were talking about, because they, they talk about predestined. But predestined, okay. It, uh, okay. They think predestined is, okay, God said from the foundations of the world, I'm going to pick John, but I'm not going to pick Debbie Bronick. <laughs> I had to do that to her. <laughs> She's too naughty. <laughs> See, no, but that is <laughs> that isn't what that means. He, you know, he was before the foundations of the world. He was crucified. He he already that whole crucifixion happened. Isaiah saw it in the spirit realm. Year hundreds of years before Jesus ever died on the cross. There's a timeline. <laughs> and we're probably, I mean, maybe the crucifixion happened over here, you know, on a, like a clock, and maybe over here somewhere. 
you know what? But boy, I tell you what, I think we're clicking way up here already. <laughs> but, but it's those, okay, he died for every single person, but not every single person searches for him, nor does every single person want him. You've, you've got to want him. I can see that. And when you want him, he, he shows you where he's hiding. <laughs> Let's put it that way. He'll show you. He starts showing you that. Okay, so actually what this was about um, was that there's two kingdoms on the earth. There's the kingdom of God, and then there's the kingdom of Satan. And you've got to choose which one you want to live in. Oh, well, I'm born again. I chose the kingdom. Of, but are you walking in the kingdom of God? You might be still walking in the kingdom of the world system. Even if you are born again, yeah, you'll go to heaven. Who, who did I hear? Jesse Duplantis. Yeah, Kenneth Copeland was talking about Jesse how he, when he went to heaven. Am I hitting something or is it? Maybe I'm pushing out further. Yeah. Um, Jesse Duplantis said that there were he went up into heaven. Actually, we could, ooh, we should watch that video sometime. He, yeah, he knelt down in his hotel room when he was speaking. All of a sudden, he was gone for hours. And then when he walked into the service the night he was supposed to speak, you know what? He walked in and everybody fell down, didn't they? They fell over. <laughs> the glory of God was on him. But he went up to heaven and he talked to Jesus. And even walked around in there and he said that there are some people that have gotten born again but they never see the things that the people see at least they made it at least they made it but they never get to the throne and they never really um, see the beautiful things that we see or I'm saying we but if you search for God you have a different place but at least you got to heaven the other way. But if there's, you just get born again and never do anything about it. You know what I mean? There's, um, it's not, you know, as much as you could, and you're going to keep learning in heaven. So search for him now. Get as much as you can. See, God's plan is to establish, though, your future on earth so that you, and do you no harm. Now just, just remember when Abraham, man, I mean Abraham, he wanted a son, <laughs> was 100 years old, he finally had a son, you know, and then this son gets to be about, but I think he was actually 30 when this happened, and he, he, uh, he said, now I want you to kill him. God said, I want you to kill him. <laughs> Can you believe that? I mean, if Lonnie, if he told him to kill Wyatt, or, you know, or, or Tony, if he said to kill Hezron or, or Solomon, could you? I mean, <laughs> and he, he, you know, he acts, but he obeyed God because he trusted him so much. You've got to trust God. God is a good God, and he would never do that. But sometimes we have to put ourselves in that place to see, would you do that? 
you know, even when we make others, other decisions about things, trust God. Just trust God. And you know what? He kept saying to his son, his son said, but, but dad, you didn't, you didn't bring anything to sacrifice. And he says, God will provide. God will provide. And he actually, it says in, uh, that was way, you know, back here, Genesis, yes, 22. But in, um, I think it's Hebrews, it says that he actually thought that God would raise his son from the dead. And he actually tied him down already on the altar. Can you imagine? And he let him do it. And that's how obedient his son was also. There's a lot behind that. But just like God, all of a sudden, there was a ram in the thicket. And he just like he provided a ram to take Isaac's place to sacrifice, he will provide for you. He, we're in a better covenant. It says in Hebrews, we are in a better covenant than, than the Israelites were. So see... Well, hey, who took our place? Jesus. We sang it. You know, we sang that. Who is that? That's Jehovah Jireh. You know, all those names, Jehovah Rapha, my healer. I, I don't know them all. I know Jehovah Skidnu is my righteousness. Jehovah Shalom is my peace. Jehovah Jireh. Yeah. Je wait a minute. Jehovah Shammah is my shepherd? Yeah. Yeah. Jehovah Shalom is, is peace, and Jehovah Shama, Shama is, is oh, Jehovah Rapha. Uh -huh. But Jehovah Jireh is my provider. <laughs> and he provides your finances, too. He provided that. And he'll provide for you. And he said, Jesus, to take our place on the cross. He, he sent Jesus to take our place just like he sent a ram, a ram to take his son's, you know, Abraham's son's place. Okay, so <clears throat> don't be bound to the world system. Please don't be bound to the world system. Uh, what, what's your boss or what... Uh, if anybody has a boss in here anymore. But anyway, what, what the banking system has planned has nothing to do with the Father's plan. <laughs> what the gas looks like has nothing to do with the Father's plan. Because when all of this happens, we have got to, to say, what kingdom am I living in? God's kingdom has no limits. Unlimited. You know what? He'll bring increase to you to break the yoke of poverty right in the midst of the worst time. <laughs> and, and he can deliver you from sickness and disease. Now, I got to get that. You know what? That's, that's that health thing we have got to study over and over and over. Okay. <clears throat> In Matthew 6, 30, or in the Matthew 6, it talks about how, how he says, well, take no thought. In other words, quit worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. What you, in other words, quit worrying about everything. Those are the basics of life. But um, then, then it says, 
seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We've been talking about righteousness on Sundays. You are righteous. Whether you know it or not, you are righteous if you're born again. But he says, seek first the kingdom of God when something happens. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things that you're concerned about will be added to you. If you seek first the kingdom of God, well, what's the kingdom of God? You, you can tell what the kingdom of God is by looking in the word and renewing your mind. You've got to reprogram that mind. And we got, but see, that's <laughs> Kenneth Hagin used to say, your, your mind will not stay renewed any more than your hair will stay in place. <laughs> I mean, you barely comb it. It's out of place already. <laughs> Unless you spray the heck out of it or, or grease the heck out of it or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even those, what they used to say, get a perm, but they're never perm, permanent, are they? They're not permanent. <laughs> they go but seek first the kingdom of God when something happens. You know, go to the word. And don't just lay down and let, let, let what the world, I mean, even sickness. See, the realm you yield to is the realm that will rule you. And the kingdom you yield to is the kingdom that will rule you. Now, in the realm of God, okay, so Ephesians 1.3, I love Ephesians 1.3. It says we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. And then I know that finally I got what translation this was that Nancy Dufresne was using. It was the Norley translation, the Norley. I, now I won't forget it. But it says, it, 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 you know, it explains it better. It says it, everything that heaven already enjoys is ours. Amen. Just think, everything good is in heaven. Okay, so the realm of God, the kingdom of heaven, everything's good and blessed and life-giving. The fruit of the Spirit, love, that's another thing. See, the fruit of the Spirit is in Galatians 5, and just sometimes you ought to rehearse what they are. It's love, but that's agape love, totally unconditional. Love, joy. Are you in joy? Peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness. Be kind to people. Well, I just hear your, your pride rises up to your arm. You're rough, so they think you're... That's pride. Anyway, kind, be kind. Goodness. What does goodness mean there? It, yes, a giving. I always say giving. You got it. You've been listening. Goodness means be a giver. Humility. I might be going... On. Well, faithfulness. Let's just put... Um, who was this guy used to I remember when I was a baby Christian, he said this, and I never forgot it. He said, faithfulness means you're full of faith. <laughs> when, and because, sure, if you're full of faith, you're going to be a faithful person, too, that, that, that people can rely on. Faithfulness, okay. So meekness or humility or whatever, you know, and then temperance. Or you might say, yeah, temperance, like 
Well, self-control. You can control yourself. Okay, but the realm of Satan. Now, just think. We're supposed to live heaven on earth. But in the realm of Satan, it's everything bad, everything harmful, everything evil. Sickness, disease. I wrote them down. Sorry. Depression, oppression, fear, hate, murder, abuse, strife, and division, theft, drunkenness, unspeakable sins, lack, poverty, addictions. It's all in the realm. And you know what? We're supposed to live heaven on earth. No sickness, no disease, uh, you know what I mean? Well, we have to keep things, that's why. I mean, keep in the kingdom of God. And slowly we're going to, not slowly, but quickly we're going to be able to live that. See, why was Satan permitted to have his influence on the earth? Because Adam permitted it. So, see, God gave authority and dominion in the garden, and Adam succumbed to Satan. And he lost fellowship with God. And right now we could do the same thing. But see, the, the whole dominion of the earth, the authority of the earth was turned over to Satan. And Satan honestly owns the earth. He has the earth lease on here. But we are here. And just like all this war stuff that they're talking about, <clears throat> I want to tell you something. Don't be so quick to judge Poor Ukrainians, the poor this and poor that. God may be using Putin just like he's using all that to expose. I just know it in here. I know it. There's some corruption there too. I'm not saying it's with the ruler, but there's corruption. Just like an she's saying, yep, when Ike Akabogo comes here, he said, you know, he's, he's very authoritative and uh, because they try to take advantage of you. Oh, yeah. oh no, we no give you your goods. <laughs> you know, they took a lot of their goods, their family. We no give you, you have pay. You pay. You pay tax. No, not enough tax. He said, listen, I'm not putting up with this. You give me my goods right now. They went, because nobody stands up to them. They go, oh, oh, oh. They get scared with fear. You see, we've got to take our dominion. And there's something going on with this Russia thing and this Ukrainian thing, too. And there is, God is, you'd be surprised. Okay, so don't, don't be so quick to uh, judge it. So, see, okay, so the dominion of the earth is still with Satan. And that's why Satan is still the god of this world system. And that's why... See, that's what used to bug me because people would get born again, but then they would just oh, act like the world. That's what I was trying to get away from. <laughs> you know, that comes from a lack of study or going, going, going into the world system to get your answers again. You know, so Adam's sin, they'll open the door for Satan's realm to manifest in this world, and it still is manifesting. But we're not without hope because John 10, 10, what is it? The thief comes to steal from you, to kill, 
to destroy. But God said, I came to bring to you life. And life in abundance. Abundant life. Way too much money. Way too much of everything. What do we need it for so we can rulership and we can give it? Because <laughs> if you're with God, that's what you're going to do. <laughs> so every born-again person has abundant life inside of, the, inside of yourself. And you got to pull it out and quit acting in poverty. The more, the more you do that, the more poverty stricken and more you worried about the money stuff. I'm talking to myself, too. <laughs> the more you yield to that kind of thing, though, and I never do that because if I am an expert at being chintzy. <laughs> I'm an expert at saving money. <laughs> I mean it. There's just little teeny ways. You know, I still, I still do them a little bit. But, you know, I don't, I just, you know, some of it is like, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't make that much difference about. But my mom and dad lost all their money in, in the 30s, and so they kind of taught that, but they brought it back because they were go-getters. But, um, <laughs> but you have to, don't yield to the poverty thing. Don't yield to the poverty thing. What is the definition of yield? Is I submit to it, you know? Uh, the more, more abundantly, more abundance you have, the more abundance you can, yes, you, you can manifest it to a hurting world. You can. You can manifest it to a hurting world. So, see, although Satan has dominion of this world because of Adam's sin, he doesn't have dominion over you. He does not have dominion over the believers. So take your stand and like even the sickness and disease. You know what? This thing, Jesus stripped him of his power and he turned his authority over to us. Live in the kingdom of God in this world. Am I living in the kingdom of God right now? See, you know what I mean? Ask yourself. Am I doing, am I really seeking first the kingdom of God? Or I just think, oh, this is the way it is. We've got to do it. And everybody in the world, the person right next door to you who isn't born again is doing the same cotton picket thing. So what's the sense of it? They're taking thought. They're doing the same thing. So you're living in the world just like that. Okay, <clears throat> not that I'm saying you're doing that, but I'm just, be aware of that. Okay, so... Uh, Okay, we're cleansed. We, we sang about the blood. And, and we're cleansed by the blood, and that blood has overcome the devil. Okay. All right. Jesus stripped Satan of his authority, though. So then he turned that authority over to us in the Great Commission in Matthew 28 and in Mark 16. That's where the Great Commission is. Matthew... Let's go there. <laughs> Matthew 28, first. Now, I want to tell you this. Some people that are not spirit-filled only go with Matthew 28 and never Mark 16. That's what I noticed. 
Okay, it's Matthew 28, and it's verse 18. And it says... You know, I just look what it says at verse 17. Yeah. Uh, you can put the Amplified up, but it says they, the 11, well, first of all, it says they went to the mountain that Jesus told them to go to, wait there. Yeah. And when they saw Jesus, they fell down and worshiped, worshiped him. But what's the next? But some doubted. They still doubted him. Jesus approached and breaking the silence, he said, all authority, all power of rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Here comes the English lesson. <laughs> you go. You is the understood, the next verse. You, yeah, you is the understood subject. Go is the verb. That means it's a command. You go. And make disciples. You're the one who's going to do it. I'm done. I did my work. Now I did my part. Now you do your part. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. He gave the authority over to us. Let's go to Mark 16. And now some people do not use this. I've never heard them use it as the Great Commission. It is so. Same thing. Verse 15. <clears throat> I was, I was just looking. You know what? Actually, go to for, verse 14. I want you to see this. It, it talks about how, how uh, he returned to the 12 and told, and told them to tell the others, but they did, the other people did not believe them. Afterward, he appeared to the 11 apostles as they reclined at table, and he reproved and reproached them for their unbelief, their lack of faith. Man, and Jesus was leaving. I've been concerned. <clears throat> like, you know, I, I, if I was, had to leave, and I go, God, all these years, I want somebody to take it over to do it, to do the same thing and to keep going and go higher and further. And you go, I mean, but, you know, Jesus yeah, trusted trusted his father, that what he was doing then. But I often think about that. I go, oh, after all this, what if they go, they don't continue, you know what? And it says their lack, he approached them for their unbelief and lack of faith and hardness of heart because they had refused to believe those who had seen him and looked at him attentively after he had risen. They, you know, like Mary Magdalene said, I saw him, I saw him. We don't believe you. <laughs> now, here's the commission, though, verse 15. And he said to them, go, you go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Practice on your dog and cat and cows and whoever. <laughs> he that believes, believe first and is baptized shall be saved. You believe first. You don't, a little baby doesn't believe. What, what good, I'll take this water and pour it on your head. Even somebody who has no teaching, I'll go, I can't, you all have some teaching, so I can't pour it on your head. But, 
You mean that water is going to make you go to heaven. When I was a little girl, I thought, what? That doesn't make sense. And I questioned that already and got in trouble. Because <laughs> they baptized him at, you know, eight days old. Okay. He that believes first in God and, and receives him is, and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believes not shall be damned. That, that's, it's just so key to have people, you know, get them born again. And these, now these signs, this is why they don't use it. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. And they shall take up serpents. You know, and it could be all the junk that even the mosquito thing and, and the stuff in wartime, what they put into the air and all that. Uh, and it shall not, or if you drink any deadly thing, it cannot hurt you. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Somebody said once, well, how come God put it last? Because usually you remember the last thing you said more so than the first. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyway, they went forth, and he said the Lord would work with them with signs and wonders. Okay, now that's the Great Commission. But by this Great Commission, we're supposed to occupy the earth yeah. right now yeah. in the Ukraine or, or, you know, the war that's going on. If, so, okay, so the Russians take over a city, and they say, oh, we took it over. Now let's go. You think that's going to stay taken over? So we, the, okay, God took over the devil for us, and he wants us to occupy and maintain the, the, the victory that he had. And that's what we have to do. We have to occupy. Okay, so he definitely has overcome the enemy. Let's go to uh, Colossians 2, just to prove that. Uh, Colossians 2, <clears throat> 9 and 10. But see, these are verses, I'm trying to do this so you can tell other people how to prove this. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. Remember General Electric Power Company. Go eat popcorn. <laughs> Out of the Amplified, though. Okay, so it says, For in him the whole fullness of deity the Godhead continues to dwell in bodily form. Verse 10. And you are in him, made full and having come to fullness of life in Christ, because you received him, you too are filled with the Godhead. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost live in you. And you can reach full spiritual stature. You, it says it right there. You can reach full spiritual stature. And he is the head of all rule and authority. You got him backing you up with all heaven and all the angels. He, and he is the head of all rule and authority of every angelic principality and power. 
history. But see, that, that's it too. And it says, you, you got to strip off that body of flesh. Okay, Revelation 12, 11. How, how do you overcome it? It kind of tells you the, blood, uh, the enemy. the right one. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, 12, 11. Okay, but let's read. Um, okay, let's, well, we'll read that. And they overcame him. You probably got that. That's right. But they overcame and conquered him by means of the blood of the lamb. We sang it. You know what? You can sprinkle the blood. You can sing about the blood. You can plead the blood. When you plead the blood over and around someone, like I've done that with, you know, children, grandchildren, people, you people. <laughs> and you know what? You're placing them in the holy of holies in heaven. The devil can't touch them. Plead the blood. Put a circle of the blood around people. And around your property, yeah. <clears throat> and they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, the word of God. And you have to have, and they love not their lives unto the death. I mean, you just have to get rid of your own, you know what I mean? Take care of yourself. I mean, there's a balance there, what I'm talking about. But it might come to the point where you have to love not your life to the death. Deny Jesus or I'll cut off your head. Okay, that's, hoo-hoo. <laughs> So see through say this through the blood of Jesus, I have overcome Satan, and I am no longer subject to his realm that is manifested on the earth. Okay, then one of the great scriptures that we're talking about, how can we live in the kingdom of God? Did, oh no, I didn't give you this yet. Colossians 1.13. We're always talking about this. Along with Ephesians 2.6, you have authority in the heavenly realm. Colossians 1.13. Just really get it in you. Yeah, I got the right verse. Yeah. The Father has. Is that, what tense is that? The Father has delivered, past tense, and drawn us to himself out of the control and dominion of darkness. And he has, is that past tense? transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love we are living in the kingdom of god we are already living there so how does satan manage to defeat so many christians in all these different areas see he gets them to submit to to all this stuff to submit to symptoms to, to, i've done it too Okay, submit to, you know, poverty, lack, that there's nothing there. 
And he, he makes lack appear to be the norm for this world. But you're not in the world. That's what we have to get straight. Especially right now, that's going to be happening. More so. And he, he, well, it's the norm for the world, so that's what we'll do. But it isn't the norm for heaven, right? Or heaven's children. So rebuke it. Is that the normal thing for heaven's children? Lack? No. So rebuke it. I rebuke you. <laughs> okay. So remember, you, you've been delivered from that old kingdom, and you've been translated into the kingdom of God, of the kingdom of God's dear son, and that's the kingdom of God. There's two kingdoms on the earth, but half the time Christians are living in the kingdom of darkness. Okay, so now here, okay, so I want to prove something else. We're citizens of heaven, Philippians 3.20, out of the Amplified. Out of the Amplified, and in the King James, this is conversation, but conversation there means manner of living. How do you live? But it says in, in 320, out of the Amplified, but we are citizens of the state, the commonwealth, the homeland, which is in heaven. Okay. And, and it, okay, let's jump to verse 21 who will transform and fashion anew the body of our humiliation to conform to and be like the body of his glory and majesty. Will be like the body of his glory and majesty by exerting power on this earth. Going somewhere and they see power comes out. Which, is, which enables him even to subject everything to himself. Now, I wrote some kind of notes over here way back. Failure and disappointment. I'll show you. It's right. See, it's right there in yellow, but I wrote it. <laughs> Failure and disappointment, aches and pains of the past that won't go away. It's because we are dwelling on them, and they become more real than the promises of God. That's why, because it's, it's, we have to cast that down. We get bogged down and depressed and frozen in our tracks by fear. You know, the more you talk about something negative or that's happening, and the more the fears. Right there, I'm going to say something, because I experienced that with that cancer thing. Okay, so, so you go in there, and they, oh, you poor thing. I was like, I don't want that. <laughs> And it was like, it was too much. And then they said, you know what? They said, they said to me, do you want a social worker to help you? I said, no, my social worker is God. And they went, oh. <laughs> I asked the guy, I said that. I went, are they kidding? Oh my gosh, I would waste my time with a social worker. I'll help you. <laughs> That's how I felt. And then, see, but, but it's so much you keep getting phone calls. They, this, is, this, is a big, this is a big production, especially with breast cancer. I am not kidding you. Yep. 
you gotta be careful because you get a lot of attention and you begin to like it. And I went, oh no, I'm not gonna get to like it. Because <laughs> I did like it. <laughs> you know, they actually even give you little little things like, oh, a pillow, you know, so I don't know, just a whole bunch of stuff. People come through there and they give, especially in that area. And I can't tell you how many phone calls I would get constantly. So see, you've, so, you know, because people are in fear about that. And um, you, you have to fight that or with any kind of, of that because you get a lot of attention even with the other kind of cancers, probably. See, and, you know, there's a balance in all that, okay? And I'm not making fun of them because some people like to, I'm not trying to do that because some people need that. Then, you know, they don't know. But, but, but I'm telling you because you know the word. If something happens to you, it's just like, fight the good fight of faith. Fight with all your might with the sickness and disease thing. Because you can succumb to it and just fade away and die and never fulfill the plan of God. So see, okay, so we're frozen in our tracks by fear, so we don't go on because we think we'll fail again. I think that's what I wrote that. We are forming our thoughts off of the past instead of the future. Unbelief says I can't, it can't be done because of the past. Faith looks at the word and it says it can be done according to the promises of God. It is already done. Faith steps out. It acts like victory's already been won. Break out of it. I put so break out of it. <laughs> Get your eyes off of the past and onto the future. Jesus Christ guaranteed us a great future through promises in the word. And you know, 2 Peter 1, 3, I put in here. Okay, and I'll just read. I wrote it out. According as his divine power, his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life, life. Not death, not hurt, not go down, and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him. See, you never read the Bible. You never get in here. You're not going to get search. It's not going to come. Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and to virtue. <laughs> You're a citizen of heaven. You've been translated. It's a done deal. And if heaven didn't give you something, you have no business with it. <laughs> now, I need to write that on a big thing here. So. <clears throat> so you receive the flu because it's been going around. I even said that the other day. It's just like a whole bunch of us got tummy, you know, stuff. I know, oh, I just went around. I went, oh, you never used to say that. <laughs> and, I, you know, you, you can lose it. I'm admitting it. And that's why I pumped myself back up with this. 
It was for a reason that I was supposed to preach tonight <laughs> from my own self. Okay, see, it isn't going around in God's kingdom. So what kingdom am I living in? <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? Oh, I started living in Satan's kingdom. I think, you know, it's going around. Gee, maybe somebody at the party had a virus and, and we all got it. Uh, no, no. <laughs> See, only take what comes from your heavenly father. <laughs> and see how you've got, you just got to get, and I, I'm, I'm probably going to stop. He, Satan is a defeated foe. And, but you got to keep telling yourself that. You got to keep going over this kind of a thing. Just keep living in that kingdom and not the kingdom of the world system, which we're surrounded by. Because the majority of the people do. And how you have to yield to the, 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 the possessions and the blessings of this word of God. And renew your mind with the word of God. Now, just think, God's words are God's words. <laughs> okay, you know why? The God's words are God's thoughts that he put into words. See, your words, your thoughts, your actions are all the ways which you yield. You yield to him by using his thoughts in his way. You see. And, and if your words and your thoughts and your actions reflect doubt and worry and unbelief, and I've been, I mean, I've, I was there just today. <laughs> but I got over it fast. <laughs> you have just yielded to Satan's realm. We're, we've just, well, we've yielded to the realm of the kingdom of Satan. <laughs> You know, so see, that's, I mean, it's just something to think about. Wait a minute, what realm am I yielding to? And you know what? When you, when, when you yield to that realm, that's what's going to manifest. But, but if your words, your thoughts, and your actions are guided by the word of God, you are yielding to God's realm. And his realm will manifest. But I tell you what, I mean, it's something, see, that's what I mean. You, you, we've, when, when stuff like that happens, though, you have to be in this enough that you go, wait a minute, what am I doing? That you notice it about yourself. And th that's that scripture in Numbers, wait a minute, 20, yeah, and, and it says, behold, I have, I have, um, set all heaven and earth to record that I've set before you life and death. Okay, Deuteronomy 30.19. Yeah, Deuteronomy 30.19. Yeah, um, okay. Behold, I have set before you, I have, have life, okay, life and death. Life is the kingdom of God. Death is the kingdom of Satan. Life and death. Blessing is the kingdom of God. Cursing is Satan's kingdom. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, the Lord says, I'm holding heaven to record this about you. Choose life. 
that you and your seed may live. And, and live life and not a death cycle. Whoa, I mean, that's in the Old Testament already. Do you know, I mean, like, um, uh, I, I always wondered, living heaven on earth, it actually says, the Bible says, well, we've said that the Bible says, and I thought, is that really in the Bible? And it is. It's in the Old Testament. Do you know where it's at? Did anybody know where it's at? Right now? Okay, we can live heaven on earth. Live heaven on earth. It's in the Old Testament. God said it to... Um, did I write it? No. Yeah. No, no, no. This actually says you could live heaven on earth. Um, the Our Father... Uh, uh, yeah, in the Our Father, it's... Uh, no, I'm Matthew 6.10. Mm -hmm. But wait, I want to see. Did I write it down because I went... Now you... Till I remember it really good. Mm. Yeah. It was. It was in there, and then I wrote it. I thought I wrote it down. Maybe I didn't take the time. Hmm. Anyway, God told them to live. You can look at the concordance. But anyway, that's it's it's in the word. What was it, John, that Kenneth Hagin always used to say, and you said, is that in the Bible? Wait a minute, what was that? And you found it. You remember? You don't remember? I can't remember either. That was good, too, though. It would have gone with this, but I can't think what it was. Okay, I'm just going to quit here. <laughs> So, you know what? Think about all this stuff. We, we've got it. We can do it. And we can grow up and we can be there. I had a lot more notes, but you know what? Well, here, here's something I put. Is any of the old life still clinging to you? Aha, Deuteronomy 11.21. Okay. Deuteronomy 11.21. I'll just have to put it up there. For your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land which the Lord swore to you fathers to give them as long as they have... Wait a minute. Uh, try the King James. Because it said it right out. We multiply the days of your children land which the Lord swear to you fathers give as the days as the days of heaven upon the earth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Your days will be multiplied as the days of heaven upon the earth. That's good. I mean, that's good enough. That's what it says. Sometimes you gotta skip some words in between to to get full full meaning. But you know what? See, is any of the old lifestyle still clinging? Yeah, I mean, as long as you've been a Christian, sometimes the old lifestyle can go. See, focus your eyes on the new, the life Jesus provided, and refuse to be bound by the old. See, 
Okay, we get, okay, you can get into God's realm and start practicing it, and then you will, you, will, you know, you, you probably don't, haven't been able to get in here as much, and you start fixing your eyes on the earth realm and the world system, and you know what? It will come back, and I've seen it in my old self. You, you start looking at what's in Satan's realm. And the realm you see and the realm you talk about is the realm that will manifest. So talk about heaven on earth, the good things and God's goodness. <clears throat> you know what? Everything God has in his realm, I put that's what I say I have in mind. Everything that's in God's realm is in my realm. Sickness is not existent in God's realm, so it has no right to exist in my realm. <laughs> And fight it. See, we're already healed even in spite of the fact that we have symptoms. And that we've been diagnosed. It's already done deal. You know, we can get that with we always believe that we're saved. You know, but the sickness thing, and it's because it involves pain. <laughs> but we're healed. <laughs> Amen. Here. I will just pronounce this so and now brethren we bless and commit you to God and we deposit in you and his charge entrusting you to his care and protection and we commend you to the word of his grace to the commands and the counsels and the promises of his unmerited favor and that Counsel and favor will be able to build you up and give you your righteous inheritance among all God's set-apart ones, which you are. You are the set-apart ones, those consecrated, purified, and transformed in their soul, in their mind, and will, and emotions. Amen. Blessing procured. Amen. So you're dismissed.